This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, my name is Elder Price, and I would like to share with you the most amazing book. Loathing, unadulterated loathing, for your face, your voice, your clothing, let's just say, I love it all. Alexander Hamilton, my name is Alexander Hamilton, and there's a million things I haven't done, but just you wait, just you. Hello everyone and welcome back to Next Best Theatre. I'm your host Michael Schwartz and I'm very happy to be joined by my wonderful co-hosts Nicole Ackman. Hi everybody. And Dan Bayer. Hello everyone. So great to be back for episode two of season two of the Next Best Theatre podcast. It's been a little bit over a month since we've last talked about the upcoming Tony Awards. And as a matter of fact, this is the first time that we're all together since the nominations came out for the Tonys. In this episode, we are going to talk about the nominees and who we think will win at next week's Tony Award ceremony, and also ask the question if there were any glaring omissions, uh, and I guess that's what we could start with now. I know it's been about a month since we last chatted and saw the nominations released, but of those nominees, do you think anyone is missing from the list? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's dive into that first a little bit. What do we think? Um... As, like, cliche to myself as this is, I was actually very surprised to see that Laura Benanti did not get a nomination for Featured Actress in a Play. Me too. Um, particularly because Amy Schumer did get a nomination for uh, Lead Actress in the same show that they were in together. So I was kind of shocked by that. And she didn't get good reviews. <laughs> yeah, and Laura Benanti, you know, she won for Gypsy 10 years ago, was nominated mm-hmm. for She Loves Me, and I think a few other things since. So she's obviously a Tony's favorite, yep. and they had to have seen the show. So the fact that she didn't get in, uh, somewhat surprising. Uh, what about you, Dan? What else uh, stuck out to you? I, um, I, there are a lot of things, like a lot of the people who got nominated, I understand why they got nominated um, over other people who I thought were better in their own shows. But the ones that, the two misses that really sting for me are both from Mean Girls, mm-hmm. um, Barrett Wilbert Weed and Kate Rockwell, who I thought were like best in show by a decent margin. <laughs> um, Barrett plays Janice, and she is hilarious, and she can blow like she can. She kills the vocals on that show, and Kate Rockwell plays Karen, the Amanda Smith uh, Seyfried role from the movie, and she's. So hysterical, 
like if you watch her, like I just spent time watching her in the background of scenes because she was so funny whenever she was on stage. Yeah, I've been listening to that album over the last week or so, and I'm yep. surprised by how much I enjoy it. It's very well done. Yeah, and uh, Kate Rockwell has that uh, great moment in the song "Stop." Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually the other one that I had down uh, was Barrett because having listened to the album now, I am so shocked that she's not nominated, particularly considering how much it feels that album revolves around her in some way. Yes. And like, and I think that that may have been like, I understand why they pushed Taylor Louderman in lead a little bit, mm-hmm. but I, I think that when they did that, it kind of muddied the waters as to whether or not Barrett was lead or supporting. Yeah. Because she... In terms of number of songs, she's a lead. Yeah. Um, it, but maybe, like, but not, then when it comes to, like, stage time and the actual scenes she's in, like, maybe not. I mean, the show is still very much, like, Katie's, um, who's Erica Henningsen, who is also really great. Um, it's really her show, but, it, yeah. I, I was very upset when Barrett wasn't nominated, because she's, she, she's the best she gives the best performance in that cast. Well, maybe when they do Janice and Damien the musical, she'll have another chance. <laughs> I think they actually Which would like that happen, musical better. Way, considering how great Gray Henson is. We'll talk about him a little more later. Yeah. Oh, yes. The two of them are just really, really great. I'm glad the show is doing very well. You know, I was skeptical yeah. because I love the movie so much and was thinking, oh, this is just going to be silly pop music. It can't be a great show. But it is legitimately funny. It's hilarious. And it's a very musical theater score, actually. Mm-hmm. And Tina Fey loves musical theater, and it comes from a place of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sure we will be talking a lot about Mean Girls as it received 12 nominations <laughs> on Sunday morning, which shocked a lot of people. Um, and I'll, I'll say one other person that who's missing out really upset me, and, and that was Casey Levy in Frozen. Yeah. Yeah, Frozen did not have a good morning. Poor Frozen. <laughs> I, not really. I mean, I saw. I finally saw it, and it was okay. But Casey Levy was amazing as Elsa. And, I mean, she sang Let It Go better than Idina Menzel. And, like... She's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. I saw her on The View, and it just seemed to lack the same emotion from Adina. Okay, yeah, but did Adina ever perform it live and not have a mishap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, not to be super shady here, but... That is true. <laughs> I, had, I had to put it out there. <laughs> right. Well, looking at one other category that was a big surprise to me is uh, Best Performance by a Featured Actor in a Play. Mm-hmm. Now, when we were doing our predictions a few weeks ago, we thought this was going to be all actors from Harry Potter and Angels in America. Mm-hmm. When we weren't even sure what actors it would be. And it turns out we only got one actor from each show. Yeah. Because there were two actors brought me. in from Lobby Hero and one from the Iceman Cometh, which totally caught me off guard. To be fair, I think Iceman Cometh hadn't opened yet when we recorded, had it? It was about it just to. Opened. I think it, it was in preview. Yeah, yeah it, it was just opening, and that's such a huge ensemble show, it's impossible to know who's going to stand out. <laughs> right. But the fact that you didn't see, uh, blanking on the actor's name, but Belize from Angels in America get in, or uh, just any of the other supporting men from that show. Of course, Nathan Lane is great as Roy Cohn, but uh, 
to have only one actor really surprised me. I didn't see Lobby Hero, I know, recently closed, but to have Michael Sarah and Brian Tyree Henry get in was a big surprise, I think. Yeah, I had figured that Brian Tyree Henry would get in because that's a great part and he's wonderful, but I hadn't banked on Michael Sarah. Yeah, well, good for him. He's been around for years. Like, I yeah. We're talking Arrested Development in Juno. Mm-hmm. So to have <laughs> yeah. him as a Tony nominee now is great. Uh, other than that, you know, just a few little things here and there, but overall, I think I'm pretty happy with these nominees. I don't know about the two of you. Are you satisfied with what we have? Yeah. Very. I think it's a very good representation of this season. As I was going to say, for what we had to choose from this season, yes. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> the most active of Broadway seasons, but there was a lot of good stuff out there. I know I've had the chance to see a few things since we've last chatted, and there's some good productions here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all just a matter of what you have to choose from and picking the best from that. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I know, Nicole, you're overseas right now as we're recording this. I am. So you obviously <laughs> haven't been to Manhattan any time late, lately, but... No, I, I've seen a lot of theater here in London, but nothing in New York. <laughs> but I have been listening now to the Frozen and Mean Girls uh, cast albums that have been released. So feel like I have a little bit better handle on, you know, at least some of the uh, acting roles there and of course the score as yeah. well for both of those because for these acting nominees you know they have their moments of dialogue but for the most part it's their delivery of the songs that really gets them the attention so if you're able to exactly. hear them performing the songs that gives you an idea of why they got in in the first place absolutely so aside from listening to those albums have you seen anything interesting in london aside from the tonys um let's see i have seen a lot of interesting stuff i finally saw the play that goes wrong which if any of you guys remember from last year's episodes uh dan loves i also saw the show red um which was a big deal at the tonys a few years back yeah like 10 years that was um that was what gave um it Maybe maybe it was Andrew Garfield. No, it wasn't Andrew Garfield, but some other young actor. Like it launched their it career. Was, was it Eddie Redmayne? Yes, Eddie Redmayne. That's who it was. Yep. Yeah. Well, because over here they've got they've got Alfred Molina back in it, and they've got um, Alfie Enoch, who people might know from Harry Potter, oh, yeah. How to Get Away with Murder. But it's interesting and kind of linked to the year's Tony Awards because it's directed by Michael Grandage, oh. um, who's directing something very different on Broadway right yes. now. Yes. <laughs> uh, Frozen. <laughs> Well, that's like you have the director of uh, Come From Away last year doing Escape from Margaritaville. Or Escape to Margaritaville, I call it. Yes. Escape from Margaritaville. <laughs> Which is closing. <laughs> I guess they are escaping from it. Which makes me exactly. sad. I'm actually kind of devastated because I really wanted to take my dad to it because he's like a big Jimmy Buffett fan. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of sad that I'm not going to get to see it. <laughs> I was, you know, it, it's a stupid fun show and i am i am sad that it's closing and that it didn't get any tony nominations even though i wasn't expecting it to yeah like it's not a great show but it's fun it's so fun at least they got a decent warning period because i know sometimes on broadway it can be like oh we're closing next week yeah um but this one i think isn't closing until july right, so july that's first i believe at least they've got mm-hmm. some time to pack up and head back to mark Rita yes do it <laughs> one last shaker of salt <laughs> <laughs> So what about you, Dan? I know you're actually in Manhattan, and you have uh, closer access than either of us. Have you seen anything? Um, well, I, like I said, I saw Frozen um, since we last talked. Um, and I, I think, yeah, that's the only thing that I've seen since we last talked. Um, uh, you know, personal life and 
uh, ticket prices and lotteries being what they are. Um, I, I do have tickets, um, but of co- for like some of the big players, but they will not be until after the Tony Awards. <laughs> I'm seeing My Fair Lady in July. I'm seeing um, Angels in America at the end of this month. And I'm seeing Harry Potter at the end of August. So... Congrats on getting tickets to that. I know. <laughs> so, well, that's great. I know there's a lot of stuff that'll be playing after the awards are done, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then for me, I've actually seen four shows in New York since we last recorded. Woo-hoo. Uh, <laughs> only two of them are from this season, but that's still okay. Yes, saw, it is. <laughs> from this year, I saw Carousel and My Fair Lady. And then I got to see Hello, Dolly, again, but with Bernadette Peters, which was stellar. She's absolutely remarkable in it, as good as Bette Midler. I'm sure. (laughs) And then I unexpectedly got to see Come From Away, which I I was not planning, but I saw that there was like a rush in the standing room policy. Mm -hmm. So I just happened to get in line. They said they had a few standing room tickets left, and I said, okay, it was a pretty short show. Yeah. And, you know, I know it won that Tony for Direction last year, and people really like it. But I didn't really know what to expect going in because, you know, it's not this big, bombastic musical. But it was so clever in how it was staged, so incredibly moving. It's such a great crowd pleaser. The people I went with absolutely loved it. I just don't understand how anyone could dislike this show, and I don't think people have. No. Yeah, it seemed fairly universally well-liked. Have either of you seen it? I haven't. I still haven't either. It was one of the big shows from last year that I never saw. It is really, really great. I was surprised how much I loved it. It was one of the best things I saw on this past trip. Awesome. Wow. So I'm so glad I got to see it. And that's one of the shows that's going to be playing for years. Because oh, you know, yeah. about a year and a half into its run now, there was a line going all the way down the block for people trying to see this. Oh, that's so good to hear. I've heard it's a very minimalist production, so not too much money to run. Yeah, it really is. It's just a bunch of people sitting in chairs on stage. But what they do with the chairs, it really puts you in the scene. Mm. So I love that. Uh, Carousel, you know, fantastic production. <laughs> so gorgeous. I, I regret to say that I was sitting behind the world's tallest woman at this show. Oh, and missed about 30% of the stage. Oh, That's the no worst. Her, but, but I'm very tall myself, and now I'm starting to understand what people are like when they say, sit behind me. <laughs> but uh, great show. Didn't always work in the dance moments when you can barely see what's happening, but well, yeah, that can I have to uh, assume yeah. the dancing was fantastic. Oh. It's so great. <laughs> so uh, well, I'm glad we all got to see different things, and it gives us perspective yeah. to have. Yeah. We dive into the Tony nominations in a few minutes. <laughs> so uh, I know My Fair Lady's coming up for you, Dan. Nicole, you'll see mm-hmm. what you can see when it comes to London or when you get back to the States. Exactly. I come back in uh, September, so hopefully I'll get to catch up on everything that's still open. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, as promised, we are going to spend this episode making our predictions for the 72nd Annual Tony Awards, which are taking place on Sunday, June 10th. The three of us are going to break down all 26 categories and give our thoughts on what we hope to see in the show itself. How does that sound? Are both of you ready to get going? I am absolutely Let's ready. Let's do this thing. 
Hello everyone, my name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, nextbestpicture.com. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the filmmaking industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com. So we are going to go sort of like in a circle here. One of us will read the nominees in a category, and then the three of us will chime in with who we think is going to win. And we're just going to sort of randomize it, throw in different categories in different spots, and hopefully get them all in by the end. So why don't we start with, uh, I was about to call him supporting actor in a play. That's my Oscar bias talking. I believe it's featured actor in a play. Nicole, would you like to read us the nominees for that category? Yes, I would love to read the nominees for this category. <laughs> it is, uh, and I don't know what order I have these written down in, but Anthony Boyle for Cursed Child, uh, Michael Sarah for Lobby Hero, Brian Turee Henry for Lobby Hero, Nathan Lane for Angels in America, and David Morse for The Iceman Cometh, which I have to say I think is the category that surprised me the most overall. Right, we were just talking about this Lobby Hero guys and David Morse. Yeah. Morris. So I guess since they were surprises, I don't think they really pose a chance of winning. I would say no. It probably <laughs> just comes down to Nathan Lane and Angels in America and yeah. Anthony Boyle for Harry Potter. I think that if Lobby Hero was still open, mm-hmm. um, Brian Tyree Henry at least would have had a better chance, but it closed, I think, like right after the nominations were announced. Right. So. It was a Mother's Day, so not too long ago, but still it helps What an open. honor for all of them uh, when they inevitably lose to Nathan Lane. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. well, I think we're all predicting Nathan Lane for this category. Yeah, without a doubt. Yes, although if there's an upset, I would predict it goes to Anthony Boyle over the other three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I've seen Angels in America. I know we've probably all seen uh, the miniseries from 2003 yeah. on HBO. Mm-hmm. So we know what that role is like with uh, Al Pacino as Roy Cohn. But seeing Nathan Lane, who's sort of known as like a song and dance man, mm-hmm. tackle this really dramatic and over-the-top role, it's really unlike anything I've ever seen from him, yet it's one of the best things I've ever seen him do. Mm. I love it. So to have him win his, I think it would be his third Tony. Yeah. Is that right, third Tony? That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, I think it was a funny thing happened on the way to the forum and the producers. Mm-hmm. So uh, to see him win for something so different than doing musical comedy would be really unique, and he's just so great. I love him. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's one of the legends that we have living right now, yes. I feel like. Yeah, so Nathan Lane, Angels in America, playing Donald Trump's mentor, Roy Cohn. Doesn't get any popular <laughs> than that. So, there we go. Featured actor in a play. And if we're doing featured actor in a play, that means we have to go to featured actor in a musical. Dan, would you like to tell us who's nominated there? I would love to. We have Norbert Leo Butts in My Fair Lady. Alexander Gemignani for Carousel, Gray Henson in Mean Girls, Gavin Lee for SpongeBob SquarePants, and Arielle Stachel in The Band's Visit. 
and this category gives me a lot of stress. There's some really good performances here. I I have seen um, half of them, and I know enough of what Norbert Leo Butts is capable of to know how great he is in My Fair Lady, and I've listened to the band's visit soundtrack. <laughs> As the one who has seen My Fair Lady, yes. it is a marvelous production, one of these great Lincoln Center shows that doesn't spare any expense. And when Norbert Leo Butts comes to perform Get Me to the Church on Time, you know, he's always that character Alfred Doolittle's over the, over the top to begin with. But what he does with that song, it just explodes the stage it feels like a show, a scene out of another show, but not in a bad way, because that's what the character is supposed to be. Yeah. He comes out and starts tap dancing on a table, jumping over chairs. It's unbelievable what he does. And that's like two and a half hours into this show. So just when you need a little pickup, he comes along <laughs> and sets the theater ablaze. So he already has two Tonys, just like Nathan Lane. This could be his third, which is strange because I think he just turned 50 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't feel like you know, Nathan Lane, you've known for years and years. Norbert Leo Butts is, you know, someone who's like, you think, oh, yeah, wicked and catch me if you can. But you don't think of him in the same way as somebody like Lane. So I'm predicting him, but I wouldn't say it's a total lock. No, I I think that if, depending on, and I think the night as a whole could go a few different ways in terms of the musical categories. But if they really go whole hog for either Spongebob or the band's visit, it would not be, I would not be surprised if Gavin Lee or Ariel Stachel wins. What about Gray Henson for Mean Girls? Nicole, you've listened to the album. Do you think he stands a chance? I was thrilled to see him get nominated. Yes. This was one of the things that I was really hoping happened. I don't know that I think he'll win. um, Partially because I am predicting Norbert Leo Butts, partially because he is, Norbert Leo Butts. Um, And, you know, kind of in the same way that, you know, Nathan Lane is Nathan Lane. Like, he is, um, you know, someone that the Tony voters seem to like. But I think, you know, I I wouldn't be shocked if Gray Henson won it because I think it, from what I've heard, it's a great performance. He's excellent. Yeah, and I, like, I can't imagine anyone else doing that so well. But at the Mm. same time, I'm not sure that it's good enough yeah. To beat out some of the other amazing actors that we have in this category. Especially since he's very young. Exactly. I think that the nomination is the win for him. Right. And this will mean a lot for his career going forward. People seem to think he's one of the major stars of that show. Yeah. Oh, he he's totally a standout. His two songs are the best parts of the show. Yeah. Now, if we were voting based on uh, the songs that I listened to in Apple Music... <laughs> his doing a Where Do You Belong would make him the oh. clear winner. I think I've listened to that song yes. 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's great. Glad to see him nominated. And mm-hmm. Alexander Gemignani, very good in Carousel. He he's great. A huge yeah. role, as Enoch Snow, but it's yeah. like sort of an iconic role. Because mm-hmm. they mentioned his name about 40 times before he even shows up on stage. <laughs> I love that. It's one of those, like, he has a song about him before we ever even see him that we yeah. hear twice. Oh, yeah. He hears song <laughs> twice before he even comes on stage. <laughs> and he comes on, and he's just a guy. So good for him, though. Uh, son of Paul yeah. Gemignani, who works with Stephen Sondheim and many other people. Mm. So good for him. And uh, I think we would have to book Gavin Lee. 
Toward the bottom, I don't really know a whole lot about SpongeBob, I hate to say, but I know he plays Squidward. I think you could take it. He has the 11 o'clock number, basically, in that show, which is a solo where he tap dances with, um, his, because he's playing Squid, Squidward, he, his pants have an extra set of legs. <laughs> and he tap dances, and he is phenomenal. And it's a very, like, um, old school vaudeville type of part. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he, he kills it. He's hysterical. Um, he, he is a standout in that show and his number is amazing and hilarious. Actually, I don't, I I wouldn't be surprised if he won, but he's not my pick. All right. Well, we will have to see next Sunday. All right. Moving on to our next category, best orchestrations. The nominees are Mean Girls, SpongeBob SquarePants, Once on this Island, The Band's Visit, and Carousel. And I wasn't going to name uh, the names of the nominees here, except for the one from Carousel, which is Jonathan Tunick. <laughs> I think that's worth naming. The legend. Uh, I mm. believe he's an EGOT winner, Jonathan Tunick. So there's someone who the, all industries seem to have a lot of respect for. Mm-hmm. Yet, I don't think he's going to win another Tony this year. I think the winner for Best Orchestrations should, should go to and will go to the band's visit. That's what I'm predicting as well. That's what I would predict um, with Once on this Island possibly as a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I have in second place. But with the yep. band's visit, I know there is much more to the category than what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. And it's a show about an orchestra. Yeah. And when music plays such a role, not just as background music for the songs, but a part of the story and something that plays like over dialogue. It ought to have the best orchestrations. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's really dominant to the show. And on top of that, it's just really well done. So I would have to think he goes to the band's visit. That seems to be one of the big front runners of the season. So there's not really an argument against it. Uh, all respect to the other nominees, but this seems pretty clear to me. The band's visit may be once on this island, but mm-hmm. that would be a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. Yep. Feeling the same. Easy enough. All agreed. <laughs> Our next category, Nicole. How about we do uh, best scenic design in a play? Perfect. All right, so our nominees for Best Scenic Design in a Play are Three Tall Women, Farinelli and the King, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, The Iceman Cometh, and Angels in America. And I don't know about you guys, but having seen Harry Potter and the Cursed Child here in London, I am predicting that uh, that is going to take it. For sure. (laughs) It is honestly one of the best sets I've ever seen in my life, other than the play that goes wrong. The play that goes wrong is the most brilliant set. I'm sorry, I'll shut up about that now. Um, and it and it won um, deservedly last year. But anyway, oh, did it win? Yeah, the, there was the only Tony Award that the play that goes wrong won was for its set, set design. Yeah, I remember it being nominated. I guess I forgot that it won. It has a lot of the same things where you just sit there, kind of going, "Wait, how did that happen?" Yep. Um, <laughs> so that's part of why I think with the play that goes wrong having won last year. I think the voters right now seem to like, you know, really impressive sets that can do a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, which definitely Cursed Child can. Um, And it's also just beautiful to look at. Like, it's so aesthetically pleasing as well. (laughs) Yeah. I was torn um, between Cursed Child and Farinelli and the King, which I saw and was, like, stunningly beautiful. But I think that given the recency bias 
and the fact that it's probably going to win a lot of other things on Tony Knight, I think Harry Potter and the Curse Child is probably going to take this as well. Yeah. And I think this also sets up a little competition that we'll see in future categories mm-hmm. where it's going to be Harry Potter versus Angels in America. Yeah. And as great as Angels in America looks, it's probably a lot more minimal than mm-hmm. Harry Potter. So if they're going for those big over-the-top sets, it'll definitely be Harry yeah. Potter. I think one of the themes of this year's Tony Awards will be Harry Potter versus Angels in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were two of the big front runners over on the play side. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. So that covers scenic design in a play. Dan, would you like to tell us the scenic design nominees for musicals? Sure. Our nominees for best scenic design in a musical are The Band's Visit, Mean Girls, My Fair Lady, Once on This Island, and SpongeBob SquarePants. And personally, for myself, I am predicting, although I'm not completely confident about it, Once on This Island. It's a good call. That's what I want to win. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's all, um, there's that too. And like when it's a tough call, like I feel like I always give the edge to the one that I want to win. See, I did that last year and so many of mine were wrong because I, I just kept saying great comment. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it could go to My Fair Lady from everything that I've seen. Yes. Photo-wise and everything. Yeah. And just with, I think this is one that, you know, like I don't think Mean Girls will get it. No. Um, I don't know that the band's visit will take this one. I think it's one of the few that they're <laughs> not as much in the running for. But yeah, what about you, Michael? So I will be the tiebreaker here. Okay. And say that I am predicting My Fair Lady. Yes! <laughs> and now, I haven't seen Once This Island. I've seen pictures of the set, but I haven't been in the actual theater. I know Dan has, so mm-hmm. a little advantage there. But seeing the set of My Fair Lady and... Minor, minor, minor spoiler, I can't talk, spoiler for a show that's (laughs) 60 years old. Uh, When we go to see Mrs. Higgins' house, the set for her house comes down from the ceiling and is huge. Oh my god. Like the fact that this comes from the ceiling and not from behind the stage is unbelievable. Yeah. Having that in addition to Professor Higgins' uh, office and house in general, Mm -hmm. having two giant houses on stage at Mm -hmm. this Lincoln Center Theater, it's unbelievably over the top and it works yeah so i know once on this island is really clever and how Mm -hmm. it does the staging to look like sand in the beach i believe it 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 is they built an island in the middle of circle in the square yeah well that's that's no easy feat (laughs) yeah (laughs) so either one of them could take it but i think my fair lady just in terms of sheer scope and not that there's Missing scope and ones on this island. It's just on a different level with my fair lady. I think. Yeah, I think I think the part of me is thinking that, um, in terms of like most design, that my fair lady and SpongeBob SquarePants will sort of split that vote, leaving ones oh, on this island once to on take it. Could come through. That's how I'm justifying it for myself. <laughs> Well, I guess we'll see. Yes, we will. <laughs> I'll be happy either way. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've seen pictures of the My Fair Lady sets, and they are to die for. So, Yeah. There's a lot going on in that three hours, and you go to a lot of different places. Yeah. Yeah, so. true. All right. Good, co- or good category. <laughs> Next up is Best Original Score. 
and the nominees here are actually four musicals and one play, which you don't see so often. No nope. play in the score category. And the nominees there are Angels in America, The Band's Visit, Frozen, Mean Girls, and SpongeBob SquarePants. So just as I was talking about with the best orchestrations, I think uh, the musical about a band also takes the award for best original score, which also has to, happens to be written by David Yazbek. Mm-hmm. He's been around for a while. Respected guy has never won. Yes. Yeah, I my money's 100% on the band's visit. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be, you know, his coronation, his it's finally time, you finally did it, you know, welcome to the club sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it's not just a career prize. It's a genuinely great score. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. absolutely. And I also think as a score, there's nothing else in this category that stands up to it. No. No, the I think SpongeBob comes close, and it certainly has the like all these famous people factor, right? Mm-hmm. From Cindy Lauper to John Legend, yeah. How and but <laughs> I mean, the band's visit is just a better score <laughs> mm-hmm. than that, yeah. um, and he is a name among the theater set. Exactly, David Yasbeck is, and while some of the younger voters or the more um, uh, fame-aware voters may be <laughs> tempted by SpongeBob SquarePants. I think this also this award tends to go hand in hand with Best Musical, and I think Ben's Visit is the front runner for that. So spoilers, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> right, we saw Pasek and Paul take it last year, and then see Dear Evan Hansen win. Yeah. So if they go hand in hand, I have to assume that Ben's Visit takes it. Because it's great and because it's out in front. And as far as the Angels in America nomination, I feel like for a play, getting the nomination for best score is the win. In a yeah. Way. Uh, every but time you're it even comes included around. Yeah. in the category. Yeah, there we go. Uh, one more thing before we move on Mean Girls and Musical nominated here. Mm-hmm. I don't really, really remember much about the score from listening to the album. <laughs> it's more <laughs> the lyrics that jump out to me. The score to me seems fairly run of the mill. It is. It's, I would say it's. Not quite as good as like Legally Blonde, but somewhere on that uh, path. Yeah, in that spectrum. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not a new modern classic. It just doesn't. The songs didn't sit in your head for weeks and weeks. Yeah. Although something interesting, like after I saw Mean Girls, I was like, "That was nice." I don't, but it was like, it, I'm not like I wasn't humming the songs afterwards or anything. And after listening to the um, cast recording when it came out, I I sort of like, oh, actually this is a bit better than I th- remembered or than I My thought it was. With but the score is that it seems so hit and miss to me. Yeah, it, it's very hit or miss. And there's not the one big song. Like mm-hmm. usually with really great musicals, there's like when you mention the name, you know, I will sing you know, one of the songs from it. Yeah. And with Mean Girls, there's not the one song that I'm always going to identify with this show and that, you know, I'm going to be singing all the time. But I feel like what's actually come out from what I've seen of the fans is the big song from it has almost become, through the people's choice, I'd rather be me. Yeah. And which is, it's a good song, but it's also like one of the most generic in the whole score. Yep. And like, it, the, the one thing... Like that, like, and this is so silly, but to me, like the thing that I will remember most about Mean Girls score and it's like, it's great contribution is one 
line. And it's almost <laughs> solely because of Taylor Louderman and the way she says, My name is Regina George. Yep. And I am a <laughs> That's the line. But yeah. none of none of the rest of the song, but that line. <laughs> no, that's so true. Yeah. And that comes from her delivery, so no wonder she got nominated for lead actress. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, original score, Band's Visit, David Yazbek, Tony winner. Yes, yes, I think so. <laughs> Moving on to costume design in a play. Nicole, All right. take it away. So I, I keep feeling like I'm trying to do this in like an announcer voice. Um, but <laughs> costume design in a play. Nominees are um, Farinelli and the King, Angels in America, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Three Tall Women, and The Iceman Cometh. And once again, I think this is going to go to Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Um, the costumes are beautiful. The way that they have made the wizarding cloaks so that they can like use them in choreography for the piece mm. is incredible. Um, I believe it won an Olivier over here, uh, last year. And I mean, there, there are some other nice costumes in it, but we don't have, uh, I mean, I guess we only really have what Farinelli and the King is like the big period drama. Yeah. Play. That Iceman Cometh is period, but not in the same sense. Yeah, it's not showy. Exactly. It's not, you know, beautiful gowns. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what you do have here, though, is Anne Roth taking up 40% of the category. <laughs> you have yeah. Anne Roth nominated <laughs> for Iceman twice. And Three Tall Women mm-hmm. are two Scott Rudin productions. Yeah. And with Three Tall Women, that's more contemporary, but they're still stunning costumes, it looks like, from the promotional pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, she does a lot of great work. She did that amazing caftan in the post for Meryl Streep. <laughs> she is amazing. So I would love to see her win any other time. But if you say it's Harry Potter, I have to believe it's Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's strange because like, I keep looking up pictures and pretty much every picture of Harry Potter and the Crystal Child is the wizarding cloaks. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, is that really going to take it over... Farinelli and the King, and and I, I, I don't know, but since you've seen it, yeah, I'm going to the trust you. The way that they're able to use the cloaks, like, I don't understand how they can look that nice and then also have, they do a lot of choreography with them where they're, like, moving them around and they'll, like, move something over a set piece as they take it off. Oh, cool. And this crazy way, I, like, don't understand how they've made these cloaks so that they have so much mobility on them. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's my, I will be surprised if it doesn't win. Okay. Harry Potter, <laughs> yet again. I'm noticing a trend here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dan, costume design in a musical. Oh, God. We have Carousel, Mean <laughs> Girls, My Fair Lady, Once on This Island, and SpongeBob SquarePants. And guess who worked their way into this category again? Anne Roth. <laughs> For Carousel. Another Scott Rudin production. I have to tell you, if this category was solely based on costumes that you would most like to wear, <laughs> I would give this to Carousel because, like, those sweaters, everything, like, I, I want to own and wear. I will not look half <laughs> as good in them as Joshua Henry does, but, like, they're totally covetable. <laughs> well, as great as, again, as great as Anna Roth's costumes are, it's not going to be her here. I think we could all say it together. <laughs> Catherine Zuber, Zuber in My Fair Lady. Lady. Absolutely. Although, 
I think that SpongeBob SquarePants could be a spoiler. That's exactly what I have down as well. Because the costumes are so clever and out there and weird and fun. And if they really go for SpongeBob, which I don't think will happen, but definitely could, um, I could see it winning, even though like, I mean, Catherine Zuber is a legend, and every picture I've seen of My Fair Lady just looks, I mean, impossibly gorgeous. I'll say this, having seen My Fair Lady. Yeah. There is a moment in the show where people walk out on stage with hats that puts the royal wedding to shame. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, my God. I want to see it so bad. I just could not believe it. And I was practically sitting on the stage during my fair lady. Oh my god! How up close I was. Oh my god! And just to be right next to these hats as they're coming out, (laughs) I could not believe the way they looked and how over the top they were. I feel like the thing about my fair lady is that it just lends itself well to a best costume design win. Yeah. You know, there's so many iconic moments in the show that revolve around the costuming. Mm Hmm. Um, and it covers all like the from the tawdriest of tawdry poor all the way exactly. up to the you know finery like there's an opportunity really to do everything period to design for yeah as well yeah and then on top of that when you talk about the tawdry uh, there's during the get him to the church on time sequence there I don't know if you could call them burlesque dancers or somewhere <laughs> in that family. showgirls uh, saloon girls come out on stage. yeah. <laughs> It's like not exactly gypsy, but somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, come out on stage and start dancing with Norbert Leo Butts. And you have like feathers and lots of pink and over the top. Oh my God. Over the top is the only way to describe the second half of that show. Awesome. I know I keep using it over and over again, but that's pretty much it. There's the range of costumes, the way that they look. It's, I think it has to win here. It could be SpongeBob if there's a surprise, but mm-hmm. Captain Zuber couldn't expect to go up on stage. Uh, she should start writing her speech now. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Next category is Featured Actress in a Play. And I will read the nominees for that. The nominees Featured Actress in a Play are Susan Brown in Angels in America, Norma Dumasweni, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, in <laughs> Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Deborah Findlay in The Children, Denise Scock in Angels in America, and Laurie Metcalf in Roseanne. I- I'm sorry. <laughs> Jackie, the musical. Yeah, that, that may be happening. She's unemployed at uh, the moment. So, uh, in all honesty, though, uh, Laurie Metcalf is having, I would say, a semi-great year after the news of this week. It's not totally great. Yeah. But uh, yeah. You know, she was nominated for an Oscar, which... I think she should have won for Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. I yeah, agree. She is at the Tony Awards for Three Tall Women. <laughs> I don't know a ton about her role, but I don't know. Do we think she can take it? It's definitely like the second lead. <laughs> I am in between her and Denise for Angels in America on this one, to be honest. Yeah, and I will say I am picking Denise to win. All right, that's what I have down, although it's one of those things where anytime Lori Metcalf is nominated, she could win. Yes, exactly. Like, even if she just went and sat on the stage and didn't do anything, because <laughs> <win. laughs> she's Lori Metcalf and she would do it beautifully. Yes. So, and I, I, as much as I would love to see like hers and hers at uh, Tony's for Lori Metcalf and Glenda Jackson in Three Tall Women, <laughs> I, I mean Harper Pitt is a 
tour de force role. And, um, and Denise is excellent. Yeah. And I can't wait to see it. And I like purposely didn't see the, um, the film of it. Cause I knew I wanted to see it when it came to Broadway. Um, but everything that I've heard has been that she is incredible. So I think she's going to take it. Now I know Norma won, uh, the Olivier. Yes. Any chance she could do anything here as a surprise or was that just a London thing? I, in a different year, I think I might think that she had a better chance at it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but also remember that Denise won the Olivier this year. You have two Olivier winners in their Olivier winning roles. Right, not yeah. too shabby. Yeah. So as much as I would love to see... I mean, honestly, there's no one in this category that I would be upset if it went to. <laughs> um, but I do think it belongs to Denise. Okay, there we go. All predicting Denise. On to another featured actress category for musicals. Nicole, take it away. All right. So we have uh, Renee Fleming in Carousel, Lindsay Mendez in Carousel, Ariana DeBose in Summer, uh, Ashley Park in Mean Girls, and Diana Rigg in My Fair Lady. Uh, this, I would say, is one of the ones that surprised me the most. I guess featured actress and uh, actor kind of threw me. But as far as my prediction for who will win it, I do think it will be Lindsay Mendes. God, I hope so. I, she's, my, <laughs> she, she's my prediction, and I would be happy if any of these ladies win, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley Park is, is hilarious in Mean Girls, and she sings so beautifully. And Renee Fleming is Renee Fleming, you know. Mm-hmm. Diana Rigg is Diana Rigg. Um, and uh, I, I feel like it could be Diana Rigg or it could be Renee Fleming instead of Lindsay Mendes, but I feel like they're going to cancel each other out with the legend vote. And then yep. Lindsay will take it free and clear, as she should, because she is incredible in Carousel. Yeah, so through process of elimination here, I think we could take off Ariana DeBose because Summer did not get good reviews. Mm-hmm. Although she got the standout, like she was always in the reviews, always she mentioned. was the standout. Yeah, but even so, I don't know how many people actually saw the show or yeah. kind of want to reward it, so take her off the list. I think Ashley Park would maybe need another song if she were to yeah. take it. Yes, probably, yeah. So cross her off. Diana Rigg is fantastic in My Fair Lady. She gives a lot of compassion to Mrs. Higgins, who has a really great relationship with Eliza. Mm-hmm. I loved her, but she doesn't have a single song. <laughs> yeah. So take her off, which leaves the two carousel women. That would be, I, I'm sorry, like that would, for the winner of the Tony for Best Featured Actress in a Musical to not have a song yeah. would be sacrilege. I'm it's sorry. A great nomination, though. Don't get me wrong. Nomination is fine, but a win, no. (laughs) Coming down to the two women from Carousel, Lindsay Mendez and Renee Fleming. Before I saw Carousel, between Dan and half of the Twitterverse who saw the show, (laughs) they could not stop talking about Lindsay Mendez, how great she was, what a great Carrie Pippard she was. And I went into the show, for some reason, expecting someone to top Audrey McDonald. I don't know why, I just did. (laughs) Well, that will never happen. (laughs) No, that can't happen. She is great. She really is great. But if I had a ballot, I would be voting for Renee Fleming, who on June 1st, today is uh, Leslie Uggam's day. June is busting out all over. Yes. (laughs) So she knocks that song out of the park. 
Same with uh, You'll Never Walk Alone, which is like the emotional high point of that show. Mm. I would love to see her surprise as this opera diva coming over to Broadway. But I do think Lindsay will take it, not only because she is very good in Carousel, but because she has this career behind her. She played Alphaba in Wicked. Uh, she was in this play Significant Other last year. Oh, which was she so has a good. Lot going on, a lot of respect in the community. Yes. And it's just an easy role to reward because it's such a likable character. Yeah. And yeah. I, if I'm being honest with myself, I do still think that I really do think Renee Fleming could take it um, because, I mean, she has that song. <laughs> yeah, speaking of uh, that, her and that song, this morning, I don't know if any of you saw this, on Twitter, uh, Leslie Uggams, who's famous for many things, but uh, my favorite is her notorious video of her botching the lyrics to June is busting out all over. <laughs> uh, she sent the lyrics of the song to Renee Fleming over Twitter saying, keep a copy of this up your sleeve tonight. Weird things happen on June 1st. Amazing. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. And you know what? I am pulling up the reply that Renee sent right now. (laughs) I will read it to you. She says, thank you, Leslie Uggams. Such admiration for you. Gorgeous music, stage, TV, movies, and especially blazing the trail for the challenge of that lyric. Trust me, I've already had my hashtag huckadabajeebers moment in Carousel. <laughs> wow. So you must watch that video, listeners, if you haven't seen it. It is one of the funniest things you'll ever see related to it, It's amazing. And to watch it on June 1st, I know this is going to go up after we're recording, obviously. But <laughs> watch it anyway. It will make your day. Save it for next year if you have to. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if Renee Fleming... Does anything to honor that moment tonight on Broadway? As voting is still open, maybe she can pull out a win. Maybe that's some uh, rogue campaigning. But at the moment, I think we're all going to say Lindsay Mendez, and deservedly so. Yes. Yes. Yay. Okay. (laughs) Next is choreography, which, again, is a mix of plays and musicals. So, Dan, why don't you read that for us? I will. Um, The nominees are... Christopher Gatelli for My Fair Lady, Christopher Gatelli for SpongeBob SquarePants, Stephen Hoggett for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Casey Nicola for Mean Girls, and Justin Peck for Carousel. So Chris- Christopher Gatelli is pulling uh, Anne Roth right here. <laughs> yes, he is. And if I would pick one of those shows, well, I don't even know. But it doesn't matter because Justin Peck is going to win. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, sitting behind the tall lady at Carousel, as I mentioned before, <laughs> I was not able to see every moment of dancing. But the pieces that I did see were unbelievable. It was like going to the ballet on Broadway. Mm-hmm. To see what he does in reinventing a Rodgers and Hammerstein classic, he almost adds like a modern twist to it with these dance moves. I don't yeah. know anything about choreography. I know Dan and Dan on Twitter, so you can mm-hmm. inform us here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. I was. I, I. I sat in the like third row, dead center of the balcony, watching Carousel with my best friend from college, who is also a dancer. And like midway through the opening number, we like grabbed each other's arms <laughs> because we. we it it was literally like watching the second coming of uh, of um the the greats like Jerome Robbins or mm. um and my mind is totally blanking but the woman who originally 
choreographed carousel. Um, who is one of the greats, and this is going to bother me. This is going to haunt me to the end of my days that I can't remember her name in this moment. Um, but yeah, I, the the choreography is so amazing, and then he, you like like you said, he will. It's very classical, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of it, he will like add these modern things, modern twists to it. It. It's perfect, and I want to live in that show, and I want to dance it, and I want to watch it forever. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he, there's no way anyone else wins. Sorry, everybody else. <laughs> I would consider going to see Carousel again and getting a better seat just yeah. to take in that choreography. Mm-hmm. Like having seen probably seventy percent of it, I want to see the rest. <laughs> I want to see what I missed because. What I saw was just so beautiful. Well, now I really want to see it. <laughs> it got, it's so gorgeous, Nicole. Oh, my God. Oh. Well, because I grew up dancing. I danced for 15 years. So now you guys have got me like, all right, I need to see Carousel. <laughs> oh, Agnes DeMille. That's who I was talking about. Ah. Oh. Yes, yep. Agnes DeMille yep. originally choreographed all the Rodgers and Hammerstein shows, I think, um, until Jerome Robbins took over for, like, King and I. Um, yeah, but, yeah, he's, like, the second coming of of Jerome Robbins and Agnes DeMille, and it, he's amazing. He had a great piece about him on a CBS. I don't know if it was Sunday morning or one yeah. of the shows on CBS. It's a great profile, and it has clips of the ballet and, uh, oh, uh, Blow High, Blow Low. Oh, my mm. goodness. Oh, God, that number is fantastic. It's like these men jumping all over the stage, catching each other, jumping off, uh, not the balcony, but, like, pretty oh high beams. <laughs> It was just super well done. Casey Nicola, I forgot he was the choreographer for Mean Girls in addition to director. He had a cameo on Saturday Night Live a few weeks ago when Tina Yes. <laughs> so I guess that's his campaign, but even he has to know he's not winning it. No. Justin Peck in what I think will be the first of many Tony Awards. Here's hoping. So choreography, cross it off the list. And next we have lighting design in a play. I will read the nominees once I pull them up on my computer. <laughs> Here we go. Lighting design in a play. The nominees are Harry Potter and the Curse of Child, Angels in America, The Iceman Cometh, Farinelli and the King, and Junk. So for this, I think once again we have to go with Harry <laughs> Potter and the Curse of Child. Yeah. The lighting is just stunning. It's honestly some of the best lighting I've ever seen. And, like, as you would expect, I think, from my Harry Potter play. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I don't want to be seeing over here, like, Harry Potter for everything. Well, that's what's going to happen, though. But also, Harry Potter for everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I think we all agreed. Nothing else to say about the other nominees? I, I the lighting in Farinelli and the King was absolutely stunningly gorgeous it was mostly natural light and i would be thrilled if it won it's not gonna happen <laughs> okay and i guess that brings us to lighting design in a musical nicole all right the nominees for lighting design in a musical are <laughs> um thank you thank you um once on this island my fair lady carousel the band's visit and spongebob squarepants there are a few contenders here i would say I, this is one that I'm a little bit torn on, but my bet is actually on SpongeBob SquarePants. Me too. Okay, which is mostly funny because you know that this is one of the shows that I like. Hope I never see. 
Uh, <laughs> it's good. Okay, yes, but I never liked SpongeBob as a TV series. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I have like, I want nothing to do with this, but I will perfect. I'm perfectly happy to admit that I think it will get this Tony. <laughs> yeah, part of me wants to say once on this island, but I think SpongeBob is flashier, which seems to give things mm-hmm. the edge in this race. Yeah, but it's it's interesting though. Like it is flashier. But the things that I remember from that show, like, it's not the lighting. <laughs> that said, I, I don't know that any of the other shows nominated here are any more showy. And I think that this is the one of, like, I, it, it, should prob- it should have a better chance of winning scenic design and costumes, mm-hmm. except that there were other things to vote for there. Um, and here, I don't know that there really is. I think that SpongeBob is one of those shows that, like, you know, everything that I know about it, it seems like, oh, this should be a technical winner. Yes. Um, but then there are so there are so many other things that are such big contenders for costume and scenic that it's yeah. going to be like, oh, we'll give them lighting then. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we didn't have this problem last year because Natasha Pierre was taking all these technical awards, so it was just an easy call. Don't make call. me cry. <laughs> Please don't bring it up. <laughs> Dan and I still are not emotionally I'm ready for this upset. conversation. <laughs> so there we go. SpongeBob, I think, uh, other contenders to consider. But, you know, for a show that got 12 nominations, they're going to want to give it something. Yeah. Well, we'll get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, why don't you name the nominees for sound design in a play? I will do so. Which will not be SpongeBob. <laughs> no. That's good. <laughs> The nominees for Best Sound Design of a Play are 1984, Angels in America, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, The Iceman Cometh, and Travesties. Here we go again. (laughs) Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. The things that they do with sound design in that show are, like, honestly... I was sat at the back of the stalls and there were parts where I was like, where is the sound coming from? Like, are there actually people behind me? Like, it's insane. Although I have to say my big thing with this category is remember there, there's that whole like kerfluffle. Um, if you will pardon me for using that word over <laughs> whether or not 1984 would be eligible. Yeah. That was strange. And they pulled out one nomination. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be the cheese that stands alone on this one, and I think 1984 might actually win. Who remembers that show, though? Yeah, that's my thing. Is I'm like, it got the nomination! But I feel like that was just to make a point of, like, yes, we decided it's eligible. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's yeah, like, oh, the yeah! The branches pick the nominees, and then when you have everybody vote, they go, oh, 1984, did that even open? <laughs> that's true. I, and I was one of the few people who saw 1984, and it was, it it it, it was, um, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> it, it was a thing that happened. But like, oh god, the lighting and sound design were freaking spectacular. Like, really, just like mind blowing. I just wonder if all the voters saw it. Yeah, and it, and it was open like forever ago. Um, I don't know. I because it was open like last summer, wasn't it? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it opened like right after the Tony Awards, or like it very early it, in the fall, like I September. Think it opened last like with May the Tony's. of 2017. Yeah, because yeah. it just missed being eligible, I think, for last year. Um. Oh, right. No, that later in that year was uh, Clockwork Orange. That was yes. what I was thinking yes. of, which was also fantastic. Was that on Broadway? No, that was off Broadway. Okay, I was gonna say I must have not. Yeah, been no, that was on Broadway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Harry Potter seems to take yeah. it. Yeah. It to play. And then Sound Design and a Musical, the nominees there are SpongeBob SquarePants, The Band's Visit, Once on This Island, Carousel, and Mean Girls. And to use an argument that I just brought up a few minutes ago regarding uh, lighting design, I think SpongeBob will take sound design too. I Absolutely. Think that lighting and sound are going to be paired for both plays and musicals. So once a show gets one, the other's going to. It's gonna get the other as well. Yeah. The and the sound design for this one, like it, this without question will be SpongeBob. Like the sound effects in SpongeBob are amazing. They're hilarious. They're memorable. Um, I don't see how it loses this. Honestly, I would be shocked. There's one sound effect in uh, Carousel that really stands out to me. Uh, Dan, you'll know what I'm talking about. It involves a gun. Oh, yeah. And I was sitting right next to that gun when it went off. Oh, no. My ears are still ringing, I think. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I guess that's just one little thing. I'm not really going to contribute to a win if SpongeBob has all these moments that play with the audience. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, it's, yeah. Like, that is the area where it's the most cartoonish, other than the scenic design. Yeah. And they do it really, really well. All right. Well, there you go. SpongeBob for two awards so far. Who would have thought? <laughs> I would have. <laughs> All right. Next is uh, another big award. We're starting to get into the uh, bigger categories here. Best book of a musical. Nicole, why don't you tell us the nominees? <laughs> for best book of a musical, we have The Band's Visit, Frozen, Mean Girls, and SpongeBob SquarePants. This is actually the one award that I got down to two nominees and cannot fathom a guess between the two of them. Um, and those two are The Band's Visit and Mean Girls. And I think that's where we all are. Yeah. Today. Am I right? Yeah. I'm, as much as I enjoy and respect the book of SpongeBob SquarePants, I think it's <laughs> going to... like. And honestly, like really, I was shocked at how good that book was. Um, but I think it is going to come down to a fight between Mean Girls and the band's visit. And I honestly think Tina Fey is going to win this one. Agreed. Because I think it's one of those things where perhaps people will be voting, not even necessarily for uh, Mean Girls, but for Tina Fey, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. Yeah. And as we said before, she's a total theater geek who mm-hmm. grew up loving this stuff. For her to win, that's a story and a narrative right there. And the book is hysterical. And it means... She gets to give a speech. Yeah, and who doesn't love Tina Fey? Yes, yeah, she gets to give a speech. And just the book is really, really good. It's so funny. Yeah, I mean, I think she should have been nominated for an Oscar for that original speech. Yes, yes, without question. So time, time to write some wrongs. Yeah. Yes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn and straight. we do see the uh, musical frontrunner win in Best Book. And the band's mm-hmm. visit is very good, but it's not... Like the same level of uh, Mean Girls, where you have all these jokes and moments that you remember. Band's visit is just like an ordinary story. Yeah, 
right. just told exceptionally well. So I would love to see Tina Fey. Everyone wants to see Tina Fey. Yeah. <laughs> that will be a great moment for the telecast, hopefully. Everybody loves Tina Fey. So best book of a musical uh, goes with the play. Or, I'm sorry, goes with the musical. We also have best direction. I'm going to switch it around really quickly. Instead of starting with the play, I'm going to go with the musical to read the nominees here. And they are Best Direction of a Musical. The nominees are Once on This Island, directed by Michael Arden. The Band's Visit, directed by David Cromer. SpongeBob SquarePants, directed by Tina Landau. Mean Girls, directed by Casey Nicola. And My Fair Lady, directed by the legendary Bartlett Shear. So, of these shows, as we just made the argument that a musical goes with, uh, or the director goes with the musical along with the book, History says that David Cromer should take it for the band's visit. Yes. But if they're looking for creativity like they did last year with Once on This Island, I'm, I'm sorry, I just spoiled what I was going to say. As they did with Come From Away last year, I think they're going to go with Once on This Island this year. Oh. I want it to be Once on This Island. Um, that, I mean, the... <sighs> But my my fear, my my biggest my biggest fear, is that um, Michael Arden and Tina Landau will cancel each other out, and Bartlett yeah. Cher will win a, yet again for doing what he always does, which would be well deserved. <laughs> yeah, I the thing that makes that keeps me from thinking it will go to Once on This Island is I feel like if. Rachel Chadkin had won for The Great Comet last year. Yeah. I would feel a lot more comfortable predicting Michael Arden for Once on This Island. Mm. But because the productions do have a lot of similarities in the way that they're using the space. Yeah. Um, and because they didn't award that, I'm not sure they're going to award Once on This Island, particularly because it's not a front runner for many of the other awards. Well, it's tricky because like the, the race for best... I mean, we'll talk about this later, but the the category for best revival of a musical could go to any of those three shows, yeah. and um, it's nearly impossible to figure out. I mean, it could be that they they want to go for an original musical, and they're so delighted by the staging of SpongeBob SquarePants that Tina Landau wins it, and I honestly wouldn't disagree with that. Um, like that show is extremely clever and maybe, you know, and this would be a great way of honoring the production design, which is not going to win probably. Mm -hmm. Um, but, oh God, you guys, this is another one that this category gives me a lot of stress. This is the first category (laughs) I think that we've not all had like the same, like, oh, well this, or at least, oh, well this or this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Once on this Island, Band's Visit or SpongeBob with My Fair Lady possibly squeaking its way through. I guess the only one that really doesn't stand. Poor Casey Nicola. (laughs) Poor Casey Nicola. Mean Girls Mean Girls is lovely. It's great. Casey Nicola gets this. He keeps it moving. Um, it's workmanlike direction. I don't think it's it's not groundbreaking. No, (laughs) and so that's why I I my my gut is well my gut is torn, but I. (laughs) I'm going to go with, in the case when like I really can't decide, I'm going to go with the one that I hope wins, which is Once on this Island. Because like they, it, he really re- reimagined that show and gave it greater context. And 
really made people look at that show differently. And I, th- I think that's going to make it better, make it a better choice for the win. Ugh. Okay. Another category that we shall see on Tony night. Yes. All right. Now to get back on track here, because I know I threw a little loop with that <laughs> switch. Uh, Dan, how about you name uh, nominees for Best Direction of a Play? Yeah. So, the nominees for Best Direction of a Play are Marianne Elliott, Angels in America, Joe Mantello for Three Tall Women, Patrick Marber for Travesties, John Tiffany for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and George C. Wolfe for The Iceman Cometh. And frankly, again... This is this is the battle of the night mm-hmm. between Angels in America and Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and I don't, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I'm th- so I'm going to say the opposite of what I did for musical, and I think that this is like they've already awarded all the design work for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on its own, and this is where they're going to give a win to Angels in America. I think it's interesting to note that Marion Elliott did just lose the Olivier Award for Best Director for Angels in America. Which is interesting, um, although I'm curious as to what she lost to. She lost to The Ferryman, which will be opening on Broadway, uh, I believe, in October. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I'm very torn on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, partially, I just want Marianne Elliott to win because I've met her a couple of times now doing different press stuff, and she's yeah. very lovely and incredibly intelligent. Um, but I also could easily see it going to John Tiffany for Cursed Child. Yeah. So, Dan, you say Marianne Elliott. I honestly also wouldn't be surprised if Joe Mantello wins because he's Joe Mantello and <laughs> mm. he got three of the best performances of the season. All right. I will put my money on John Tiffany to make it interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's make Nicole it interesting. Dan says Mary and Elliot. Does that make me the tiebreaker? Again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I think I'm going to have to go and I understand both arguments, but I think I'm going to have to go with John Tiffany. Yes. You know, I'm on the outside <laughs> again. Knowing that, it has those technical awards. I don't understand why he wouldn't take it, even though Marion Elliott is doing great work. Here, I'm just going to throw this one more wrench into the mix. <laughs> Angels in America is a very American play. And Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is a very British play. But it is Harry Potter, which I think makes a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. It's not. It's not the same as you know the ferryman coming next year or something. Right, yeah, being a very <laughs> Irish show. <laughs> no, I, I like it's. I would be happy to see either one of them win. I will be shocked if one of the other three wins. All right, <laughs> one of them though. Yes, one of the two of them. Moving on to best revival of a play. Uh, We have a few nominees here. And Nicole, would you like to read them for us? I would love to. All right. The nominees for Best Revival of a Play are Angels in America, Three Tall Women, The Iceman Cometh, Lobby Hero, and Travesties. And finally, I'm excited to say this, I think the winner will be Angels in America. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, there's a small possibility that it could be Three Tall Women, but I don't see Angels losing this. 
unless something like happens to the ballots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I think people will be calling foul play if it doesn't win. Yeah, unless the Russians are involved with like the travel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a year too late to make a great comment win. <laughs> <laughs> Angel in America, one of the nomination leaders, has to win. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So there's that revival category that is easy, and now we have the difficult revival category <laughs> that Dan will help us reach the nominees for. Revival of a musical. The nominees for best revival of a musical are My Fair Lady, Once on This Island, and Rogers and Hammerstein's Carousel. So, and you guys, this gives me such, such agita. Using statistics, we could look at Carousel <laughs> and say it can't win because it doesn't have a director nomination for Jack O'Brien. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. On the other, it's side, also easily the most divisive of these three. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, as a piece, think it doesn't play well in 2018. Understandable, but still, the text is the text. And one of them, mm-hmm. and they do some things <laughs> to make it feel. A little more modern than it could have. But, so, there's the director thing, the dated thing, but also leads in the category with the most nominations. Yes. I think it has 11 or 12 nominations, which is pretty significant. Mm-hmm. But that director nomination really does sting, which makes me think it's going to be between Once on this Island and My Fair Lady. Yeah. My Fair Lady has that technical love. We were talking about the wins that it would take for scenic design and costume design where once on this island has a lot of respect but i don't know if it's on the same level as my fair lady yeah which is one of the reasons i am picking my fair lady to win here yeah i think that's the thing is that people in general my fair lady is a stronger text which i think will push it over and i think like some of the Older voters will like it much better than Once on this Island. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas Carousel, they may have fonder memories of the 1994 production. Yeah, um, possible. Um, I know as I know plenty of people who disliked the 1994 production as equally as much as who loved it. Um, it's a divisive show. It, it's a very divisive yeah. show, and every time it comes out, there are people who love the production and love the show or hate the show, but love the production or, you know, love the show, but hate the production or it, it's the most divisive in any way, shape or form whenever it's, <laughs> whenever someone does it. Um, but yeah, I think my fair lady is going to win. That's what I'm predicting as well. Yeah. I also like every time Barlet chair directs a revival at Lincoln center it wins. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be foolish to bet against it. True. A good track record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So My Fair Lady. Uh, everyone should go see My Fair Lady because it's just a great piece of American theater. Yeah. And what Bartha Chair does with it. I'm not going to give, I wouldn't dare give away the ending. But just know that <laughs> it has the Bartha Chair touch of an ending that doesn't change Everything you saw before, but gives a different meaning. Mm. And that is something really clever and takes guts to do. I have to say, I had no interest in seeing it until I made you tell me (laughs) what (laughs) the ending was. To be fair, to all the listeners, there's no way I will get to see it before I'm back from London. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) that's why I was like, tell me. And as people leave the theater on that ending, 
they're not going to stop thinking about it for a while. Yeah. I'm still thinking about it, and I didn't even see it. (laughs) Oh, wow. That'll propel it to the win. Stop teasing me. (laughs) Dan, I can't wait for you to go see it. I I can't wait to see it. I'm expecting a message from you that night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you best believe. I will be, like, on the Twitters messaging you all, like, the second I leave the theater. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny. You're going to be like me, because when I saw the show... I knew the ending was going to be different, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as I know the show is coming to a close, my eyes are staring at the stage. And I'm like, this is it. This is the moment. When's it going to happen? <laughs> when is it? Is it now? <laughs> I love is it. Is it big? Is it small? What's happening? And at first I didn't think I saw it. I'm like, where is it? And then I saw it. I'm like, oh, that's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my God. Everyone go see it. Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> okay. Now on to our acting categories to close them out. Woo-hoo. I will read the nominees for leading actor in a play. The nominees there are Andrew Garfield in Angels in America, Tom Hollander in Travesties, Jamie Parker in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Oscar winner Mark Rylance in Farinelli <laughs> and the King, and Oscar winner Denzel Washington in The Iceman Cometh. Got to read their full titles there. Can I just say that I love this category? I love how varied it is. I love that any of them could win and I would be happy. Yeah. What was really interesting <laughs> about this category is taking away Tom Hollander and Jamie Parker, when you keep it at the other three, there was a time for each one of these actors over the last year where I thought, oh, so-and-so has to take it, and then another performance mm-hmm. would come, and I'd say, oh, so-and-so definitely has to take it. Yeah. Like, you, at first, when you hear Denzel Washington is doing Iceman Cometh, you go, oh, he has to win. And then when Dan sends me a message that says Mark Rylance is stellar and Farinelli in the game, you go, <laughs> oh, well, he has to win for that. Mm-hmm. And then when you watch Andrew Garfield deliver what I believe to be the performance of his career in Angels in America, to go from Spider-Man to Axel Ridge to Tony <laughs> Kushner, that takes a lot of range. Yeah. And he's someone who's been prominent since, I would say, the social network. I know he's done some stuff before that. Mm-hmm. But pretty much the past eight years, he's been a household name. Yeah. So to see him doing this performance in different shows, you know, since it's a two-part play, multiple times a week on Broadway, he just delivered the goods. People like him, and this will be a nice trophy to add to his mantle. It's actually just hit me that both of our big play runners are both um, two-part shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are we going to see a cool? lot more of those in the years <laughs> to come? To uh. <laughs> see if they're equally as lucky that's i also i'm kind of like let's let denzel washington wait until he gets his uh what is it king lear that he's talking about doing oh yes yeah well he does have a tony he won for fences yeah he won for fences oh that's true but i i feel like this isn't his moment no right if that makes sense i feel like it's andrew garfield's moment to win if he had done this after fences the movie and won the oscar for that I think there mm-hmm. could be an argument for him that, hey, he's riding high, let's give it to him. Mm-hmm. Considering his last movie was uh, Roman J. Israel Esquire, which is best left uh, untalked about. He is yeah. great in that movie, even <laughs> though the movie sucks. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the point is, it's not going to be him. As no. As, uh, no. In The Iceman Cometh. My, my money is on Andrew Garfield. As much as I am against Andrew Garfield winning for this performance, I agree that he is probably the man to beat. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's go into that. What's to be <laughs> against here? What's the controversy with him? He, he was... There was a, an interview with him 
around the time that Angels opened in London, where he said that he prepared for the role of Prior Walter, like one of the great roles in all of theater. Sexuality of the character be damned. It is one of the great roles in all of, in the entire theatrical canon. Um, He said that the way he prepared for it, for playing a gay man, was watching every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Now that yeah. you mentioned that, I do remember him saying that. And yeah, I, I have <laughs> potent, I have possibly never been more offended by anything an actor has said in my life. Ooh. Like, I, I, that is so reductive and just spoke to a complete and utter misunderstanding of... A lot of things. Uh, so many things. I'm like, <laughs> potentially everything, actually. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. you know, I think it does speak volumes that he said that, what, over last summer... And it's not being talked about anymore. Yeah. So yeah. We're just focusing in on the performance. Yes, on the performance. Just bring that up because, you know, people like me forget that he even said that. <laughs> I personally would love to see Mark Rylance or Jamie Parker win. But I do think Andrew Garfield will take it. I would love to see Tom Hollander win because comedy so rarely gets to win in this category. And I love travesties. I haven't seen this production but everything i've heard about it has been stellar and that is an amazing part for him i just every time i see his name now though i think of roundabout theater company actually retweeted this tweet that said something to the effect of um the existence of a tom holland and a tom hollandist that there is a tom hollandist (laughs) and so like if he wins i'll just be laughing so hard about that tweet that i won't hear his speech (laughs) yeah tom hollander is spider-man yeah (laughs) That would be amazing. I just, yeah. The award goes to Tom Hollandist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Spider-Man, we will swing on to the next category. Oh, <laughs> All right. And Nicole, can you please read us the nominees for lead actor in a musical? I will, although it pains me because <laughs> poor Paul Alexander Knoll. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> So the nominees are Henry Haddon Patton for My Fair Lady, Joshua Henry for Carousel, Tony Shalhoub for The Band's Visit, and Ethan Slater for SpongeBob SquarePants. And my personal opinion is that they should only have nominated three people (laughs) Um, because it just feels so cruel to have five eligible men and four nominees whenever I think we all can agree that Joshua Henry is going to get it. Uh, do, do you okay I was gonna say Dan you might well, disagree with this before we actually name the winner when you say it should be three nominees instead of four because that leaves the one out you know what that reminds me of what speaking of one of our nominees here Mean Girls it's like a none for Gretchen Wieners yes <laughs> it is and none for Alexander Nolan bye yeah. <laughs> and he he's so good he was so he's good so in Escapes Margaritaville <laughs> I'm just still, like, he was so good in Bright Star, and he got gypped. And yeah. Poor guy. It, it just is sad to see someone so talented get shut out. Well, let's break down what we have here, because I know it seems like Joshua Henry will win, and I am predicting him. Um, but I don't think it's as simple as that. No. Because you have, let's start uh, at the bottom, alphabetically. You have Ethan Slater for SpongeBob SquarePants, who people seem to be in love with this man. I don't know what it is about him. He is he phenomenal. Charm and the way he moves. Yeah. The clips that I've seen. But aside from that, I know last time we talked, I mentioned him singing a song from Company. At yes. Mm-hmm. With his SpongeBob co-stars. 
Then I found another video that just gave me some newfound respect for him. I recommend you all listen to it, or watch it on YouTube. It's him doing an event similar to Miscast, singing The Lady is a Tramp. Oh, God. Have you seen this? No. What, what was it from? The chorus flips him upside down at one point as oh he God. belts out lyrics better than I could ever do. Yet he's upside down. <laughs> I awesome. couldn't believe he was doing this. He starts jumping all over the place. This guy is, like, really fit. Uh, he has, like, these muscles that he's flexing as he's singing and jumping all around. I don't know how he does He's it. amazing. He's really something else. So if people really love SpongeBob, there's a world where he takes it. Next is Tony Shalhoub in the band's visit. He's not jumping around flexing his muscles in the band's visit. No. But, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> he gives a really emotional performance that is really the core of that show. He has this amazing scene with Katrina Lenk, his uh, co-star. Really amazing, but the question is, is it showy enough? The other question is, he is not in the show anymore. He came back. He came back in May. Oh, he did? Mm-hmm. Yes. He How did I not hear this? Film, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, Although, I guess the issue is, were those few months where he was gone a time when Tony voters were seeing it? Yeah, true. And thus he won't get their vote. And mm-hmm. they do kind of love Tony Shalhoub. I didn't see it with him. I saw his understudy. I would have loved to see it with him. And I sort of feel like I did, though, mm. because... <laughs> That understudy was so good. I just think of Tony Schlub yeah. in the role. Yeah. But uh, regardless, uh, I'm sure he's very good. Joshua Henry and Carousel, you know, he has a soliloquy, all mm-hmm. these other great numbers. Mm-hmm. Really knocks it out of the park. People think he's a front runner, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. And then for Harry in My Fair Lady, he turns Higgins into this character that is such a pain in the ass and so horrible to Eliza at times. You are actively rooting against her coming back to him at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. But that's all a testament to how his performance is unique compared to Rex Harrison, who, yeah, he was a jerk, but you sort of sided with him from time yeah. to time. <laughs> that to me just doesn't feel like, that feels the least likely to me. Yeah, same. Okay. <laughs> right, as good as he is, we'll put him at uh, number four. Yeah. I, I agonized about this all night and day, you guys. Because. <laughs> Because, well, no, because here's the thing. You have two extremely dramatic performances from Tony Shalhoub and Joshua Henry. And mm-hmm. in any other year, I would probably, I would not hesitate saying that either of them would be winning. Yeah. But there is one, like, the the, the two true musical comedies in this category, which are My Fair Lady and SpongeBob SquarePants. And for various reasons, I don't think Harry Haddon Patton is a legitimate winner in this category. Mm-hmm. But Ethan Slater is phenomenal in SpongeBob. Like, I mean, I, I don't really think I've seen anyone give a performance quite like it. I He... I'll put it this way. Like, to prepare for this role, he worked with a contortionist. (laughs) Like, he took gymnastic lessons. Like, I mean, what he does with his his body, and he's hilarious, and he has the voice, like, the character voice, and he sings in the character voice, which is not easy. Yeah. And I... (laughs) 
that the fact that Carousel is so divisive, and particularly that Joshua Henry's take on the character has been divisive, leaves me wondering if he's actually going to win. I I think that he will, but, like, I'm just barely, like... I, I'm so conflicted. See, I think if he doesn't win, I would expect it then to go to Tony Shalhoub. Um, partially because with everything else that we've predicted, if it goes as planned, yeah, I think the band's visit is going to do very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly, not to like spoil what I'm going to say in a few minutes, but <laughs> uh, I would not be surprised if we got matching uh, leads. <laughs> yeah. It, it is a. I feel like the acting categories are interesting this year because they're much harder to predict yeah. than a lot of the other categories. Although it was also a crazy category last year. This one, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what what is your uh, ultimate statement, Michael? I'm saying Joshua Henry. Yes. I understand the argument <laughs> for everyone else. But Every time you're tie breaking, you're going to my side, which is <laughs> well. No, I <laughs> actually about that, Dan. I'm really <laughs> no, no, no. I am predicting Joshua Henry for this. Okay, like, let me be okay. clear. I am predicting Joshua Henry for this, but like, I'm re- I really like am not sure about it. <laughs> I get it. I do get it. So again, we will see next Sunday. All right. All right. Now we have best actress in a play. Dan, would you like to start us off there? Sure. Um, the nominees for Best Actress in a Leading Role in a Play are Glenda Jackson in Three Tall Women, Condola Rashad in St. Joan, Lauren Ridloff in Children of a Lesser God, and Amy Schumer in Meteor Shower. And the Tony goes to Amy Schumer. No. Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> I could not have been like more surprised, honestly. <laughs> Whenever they I said love that. that Amy Schumer and Glenda Jackson are nominated. You have this complete range. Yeah. Renowned actress returning to the stage after 30 years or something like that. She was a member of parliament. Mm-hmm. And then she is there with the raunchy stand-up comic. I, I don't think there's any way Glenda Jackson loses this. This is the surest no bet of the night. She's even showing up to the ceremony, which is more than she did for her two Oscar wins. <laughs> she like, forgot they were happening. I, no. I would bet money on it, and I am a poor yeah. master's student. So. <laughs> yes, there you go. There we go. Glenda Jackson, Three Tall Women. I'm, I, although I, I, want, I want to say, like, my heart goes out to Lauren Ridloff, who is, who is just like beyond fantastic in her stage debut in children mm. of a lesser God and the show closed. It couldn't find I an also audience. feel like it's another one of those awards where like for both Lauren and Condola, like losing to Glenda Jackson. Yeah, totally. It's not, not a bad thing to happen to you. <laughs> no. Like... <laughs> All right, there we go. Then the other best actress category, uh, best performance by a leading actress in a musical. We have six nominees, so there must have been a tie. Mm-hmm. And those six nominees are Lauren Ambrose in My Fair Lady, Haley Kilgore in Once on this Island, Lashans in Summer, the, Don- the Donna Summer musical, Katrina Lenk in The Band's Visit, Taylor Louderman in Mean Girls, the musical, and Jesse Mueller in Carousel, who I would like to just mention uh, Jesse Mueller in Carousel very quickly. She is a very talented actress. Yes. And she does a great job when she's on stage. <laughs> I don't think she has a ton of time on stage, and you don't really 
see a ton of her with Joshua Henry, which I found a little bizarre. Julie Jordan is one of the most boring parts in all of musical theater. And the only reason to play her is to sing If I Loved You. Right. Which is a great song, and she does a fantastic job with it. Yeah. She's lovely. She holds her own against Renee Fleming, which is not easy. And her and Joshua Henry have the most incredible sexual chemistry. She's not going to win. This is the first time an actress has ever been nominated for playing Julie Jordan on Broadway. Yeah, that makes sense. That figures. (laughs) It is one of those weird roles that I feel like you can't not put it into, you know, leading actress. But it doesn't really feel like it, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what? That's very interesting because years ago, the Tonys used to have some strange rules about, like, whose name was placed where on the poster. Mm-hmm. So you would have somebody win leading actor in a musical for playing Alfred Doolittle in My Fair Lady. Yep. And then you would have, uh, who was it? Uh, oh, I'm blanking on her name from The Good Wife, and she was in Anastasia. Mary Beth Peel. Yes. Winning featured actress in a musical for playing Anna in The King and I. Right. (laughs) Well, and those are interesting things because, like, I mean, in the case of The King and I, it's a little bit less um, certain, but the lead of Carousel is Billy Bigelow. There is no other lead. Yeah. (laughs) It's. I think it's an interesting discussion as well with Mean Girls because... She's not... I'm sorry, she's not the lead. Yeah, no. I <laughs> and feel she's like also you, the least interesting performer in that show. I feel like you could much easier have made a case for Barrett. Uh, yes, or Erica Henningsen, who plays Katie. Obviously. Like, obviously yeah. you would you know, say that she's a lead, but I feel like even Janice, because she is you know, one of the narrators of the show, and she has several big numbers, yeah. th- it just felt random. It feels like a nomination, but not a win. It feels like she was nominated for, like, a, like, thank you for all the years that you've put into working. We really like you. Here's a nomination. I don't know why it's a lead. (laughs) Maybe she is one of the two people who was involved in the tie that must have occurred to get six Yeah. Yeah. Probably. It's possible. So to just move on to who I think the top two are here, we have Katrina Lank and Lauren Ambrose. Yep. I've seen both these performances. And they're very, very different. Katrina Lank is, I don't want to say she downplays it. Like, she has a little bit of a sassy attitude when you first meet her. And then she softens when she's spending time with a Tony, Shal- Tony Shalhoub. They have a fantastic scene together. Mm-hmm. And she has a few songs of her own. And I think the fact that she's in the front runner gives her a boost. Yeah. But Lauren Ambrose and My Fair Lady knocked, just knocked me out watching her. I didn't really know who she was at first. I knew she was on like six feet under and did a few things here and there, but she has this voice that is nearly operatic. I could not believe it. If I had a ballot, I would be voting for her. We had not seen the last of her. She will be back on Broadway because this is just a performance too good to, Mm -hmm. to, you have to start adding her to things after this. It's just fantastic. But I think the fact that Katrina Lank is having a moment Mm -hmm. and she's also on a, she was on the show The Good Fight. She had a moment on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She's sort of popping up in the places that you need to be. So I think she'll take it. But don't count out Lauren Ambrose. I, Lauren Ambrose is actually my prediction. Ooh. Good for you. I'm glad be- someone's doing it. Because, be- because that is a Tony-winning role. 
Mm. I mean, it it just is, and it had I I have not seen the band's visit. I've just heard the sound the um the original Broadway cast recording, and to Gina Lang, she sounds great. Everything that I've heard about her performance has been that you know, like you can't take your eyes off her. She's hypnotic. She's wonderful. Um, but I feel like Lauren Ambrose. What I've heard about the performance again, since I haven't seen it yet, is that she's a revelation. That she reinvigorates the role um, for today, and that she's you know, has a voice that can bring the house down. And at the Vivian Beaumont, that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. So I... And I, the cast album is released, uh, I think, a week from today, so right before the Tony Awards. Awesome. People yeah. will have a chance to hear her and then make their prediction if they so choose. That means Nicole is the tiebreaker here. Right. And the other thing is that I think that overall, I mean, we're looking at the frontrunner for the best revival of a musical and the frontrunner for best new musical. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that overall people are more excited about My Fair Lady than they are about the band's visit. So I think that'll tip it in, fit in Lauren's favor. Okay, Nicole, where are we going All right. with this? So this is kind of funny. Um, you want LaShawn's to win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going for Taylor Louderman. Um, no. um, so I actually have heard from some friends who have seen My Fair Lady that they didn't like Lauren Ambrose's performance. Interesting. Who are they? They? <laughs> uh, people who work in the industry, actually. Um, huh. That they, they felt it it wasn't as impressive as, say, Norelio Butts in the show, um, or even Diana Rigg. Um, and I've yet to see anyone say a bad thing about Katrina Ling. Yeah. Um, that's, and I feel like f- since the show first premiered, people have been saying, oh, Katrina Ling's going to be a major frontrunner for the Tonys. Katrina Ling's going to, you know, win a Tony. Yeah. Um, so, ironically, yeah, I, I'm going with, the band's visit for this one and Katrina Link. You you know what you can. I'm sorry, Dan. Get, when Lauren Ambrose <laughs> wins the Tony, I expect you know a An lot of crow to be eaten. <laughs> <laughs> well, between the two uh, leading categories for acting and musicals, we will have a lot to watch on. <laughs> yes, night. definitely. We really broke them down uh, pretty significantly. Yeah. No, we gave great analysis to everyone here. I will add real quickly, I was very excited to see that Haley Kilgore got a nomination. Yes. Yeah. I listened <laughs> to Once on this Island last week, and she has quite the voice. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a very good step for her in her career. Yes, and that part is such an amazing part. Uh, the songs are just gorgeous. Yeah. You know, before we move on to the final two categories here, just speaking of Once on this Island, one actor from that show who... The role may have been a little too small for him to get noticed, but I think he was great during his standout moment, is uh, Isaac Powell as Daniel. Oh, interesting. He had this uh, song, I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's like his one song in the show that he sings to Haley Kilgore. Yeah, I know I know the song you're talking about, and I can't remember the name of it right now either, but it's a beautiful song. It was just a really beautiful melody. I know that's attributed to uh, the, the lyrics and the score. But I think just the way he sang it, it was the first time I was hearing it, but mm-hmm. he did a great job. So I really don't know much about him. Well, it's interesting as well because Lea Salonga didn't get a nomination, 
which a lot of people were predicting that she would. Yeah, the gods didn't get nominations. Yeah. That's what we should have talked about in the beginning. That's of the show. what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an interesting show to see it get so many other nominations in different categories and then really miss out in the acting ones. I told y'all. I just wanted to mm. believe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's bring it all home with the final two categories here. Nicole, can you tell us the nominees for Best Play? I can. The nominees for Best Play are Farinelli and the King, The Children, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Junk, and Latin History for Morons. Which will also be going home with a special Tony Award for John Leguizamo. Yeah, so it's yes. not going to win. <laughs> right. Um, so I think I can say... And the Tony goes to uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Yep. I think after we're going to see it win so many technicals and other awards, and we've seen it be nominated for so much, I would be absolutely Mm -hmm. shocked if it does not win the Tony. Watch Junk win. If Junk wins, once again, I'm calling interference on the ballot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Junk, when it it opened, like, Junk got amazing reviews. And if it was still open, I would say don't count it out. It's a very, like, of the moment kind of play. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there's there's no way Harry Potter loses this. (laughs) Yeah. Bet the house. Yeah. Okay, and our final category, Dan. What are the nominees for Best Musical? The nominees for Best Musical are The Band's Visit, Frozen, Mean Girls, and SpongeBob SquarePants. So I am going to pick the wild card here and predict Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1820. Don't tease me like Don't that. Bring <laughs> that up. <laughs> You know, and while we're at it, best orchestrations go to Dave Malloy. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. In retroactively and for all time. But in all honesty, I think the winner will be the band's visit. Absolutely. As we've been alluding to. I mean, hey, Same. Frozen just brings it out of no, you, know, you know, I I can see a world where SpongeBob SquarePants wins. Like in all honesty, and I'm not being cynical SpongeBob about it. Mean Girls mm-hmm. have the most nominations. And they certainly have their fans. Mm-hmm. Great Comet the had the most the day, nominations. The prestige pick <laughs> is the band's visit. Yeah. The prestige pick is the band's visit. As we saw last year, the prestige pick doesn't always win. Um, <laughs> I think it will win this year. Like Again, like I think the band's visit will win. But I would not be surprised at all if SpongeBob wins. I would be surprised but not shocked. Yeah. Let me put it that way. Okay. I can see that. Okay, well, that was 26 categories right there. And I know Ooh. we're going a little long, but I'm glad yeah. we got to talk about all of them. Me too. Uh, and before we go, just a few other things to mention about the show. I know I just said something about John Leguizamo getting a special Tony. Yeah. But everybody's favorite, Bruce Springsteen, will also be going home with the <laughs> honorary Tony for his concert, Springsteen on Broadway. That was supposed to last just a few months and is now going to be there through December. Yep, because it broke all box office records. <laughs> yeah, people love him. Great guy, a show that his fans love. So that gives him an Oscar, a Tony, uh, and a Grammy, obviously. Yeah. So he'll just need the Emmy for EGOT after that. He just needs a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Which would be no problem for him. You know, he writes a song for something and gets that automatic Emmy. Yeah. So everybody loves the boss. Uh, Those are the special awards. And I know we just talked about all the nominees here, but I just want to go around very quickly and ask, 
if you could pick one winner of these nominees to be your personal favorite or just your wish Ooh. to win on Tony Knight, who would it be? Uh, Nicole, you go first. Oh, oh God, don't put me on the spot first. Um, it could be anybody. <laughs> it could even be a front runner. Just who would you love to see up there? Honestly, I... Wow, I, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be to pick and someone. It could even be technical. It doesn't have to be an actor. Yeah, actually, I think the thing that I really most would just like to see is... Um, for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child to win Best Play, because like even though I don't think it's the best play out there necessarily, um, in you know the history of theater, <laughs> I think it is so interesting because it it's a play that takes a lot of risks, um, mm-hmm. and it is one of the f- I think we can say one of the first plays that we've ever seen that's come out of a major franchise. Um, yeah. So it's really nice to see something like. Harry Potter being taken quite seriously by the critics. Mm-hmm. Who knows? We could have Transformers the musical next year. Okay. Oh God, I, no. I that, but but I'm here for a Star Wars play if we want that. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. That's that's what I'm building up to. Oh. <laughs> Just don't make it solo because nobody will show up. No. Oh, yeah. too soon. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Harry Potter for you, Nicole. How about you, Dan? Um, I mean, other than Justin Peck, who's going to win Walking mm-hmm. Away, um, honestly, anything for Once on This Island, it, it's one of my all-time favorite shows, and I love that score, and I have heard so many wonderful things about this production of it, and I love that it took risks again um (laughs) huge risks and how it was staged and how it was cast and it would like warm the cockles of my heart to see it win it's a very good show actually what i really want is for josh groban to just like hijack the awards and give natasha pierre in the great comments (laughs) (laughs) well he's up there anyways (laughs) yes all right and my pick is uh even though he wouldn't be my number one vote in the category I would love to see Gray Henson's surprise for Mean Girls. Ah, that would be fun. Just because I've been listening to that album so much lately, and he cracks me up with his two songs. I also feel like he would give a really like funny speech. Just so he would give an amazing. Would be speech. a bit shocked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love when they're obviously surprised. In the song, yes, he goes. Uh, he has a lyric that says, "Her lovely was pitchy." Yes. Oh, yes. oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> and his delivery of it just cracks me up. It's every time so I funny. Oh, everything that he does is so. Actually, my favorite is whenever he does the thing, um, the line where he's like, you know, my mama used to tell me, "Baby girl," and yeah. goes, yes, Your baby mom girl called you baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> he's very funny. Norbert Leo Butts, you know, fantastic as Alfred Doolittle jumping on the tables and tap dancing. That's something I can't get out of my mind. Yeah, well. he brought the yeah. theater down with that number. But if they want to do a tie, I'd be all for it. We'd all love to see Tina Fey give a speech. So, Yeah, I'm yes. here for any Tina Fey speech. There we go, the consensus uh, dream pick. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go with that. And then our hosts, which I don't know if we knew this last time we recorded, but the hosts are going to be Sarah Borales and Josh Groban. Mm-hmm. Josh Groban, also known as Pierre. <laughs> from Natasha Pierre, from the proper best musical of 2017, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. I actually have a funny Josh Groban story. Um, he's been in London this past week, 
And I was in Covent Garden one night talking to a friend of mine about how I wanted to run into him. And he tweeted later that he was in Covent Garden at the time that I was doing that. So Josh Groban may have heard me talking about his performance as Pierre. Oh, my God. Quick, make a wish now and he might give you a shout out on (laughs) (laughs) He's like, there is some girl in London who is still salty. Yes. That's a smoker in London. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was being very respectful. (laughs) So what do we think they're going to be like? Do you think they're going to do like comedy or a big song and dance because it's an interesting pairing i didn't know they were friends until they announced that they were doing it together yeah they're quite close friends and so i think they're gonna have really good i mean even the photos that have come out of the two of them to promote it are Mm -hmm. adorable and funny i think they'll definitely go for a funny aspect it's like when they had kristen chenoweth and alan coming a few years ago that's what i was gonna say yeah which again was a nice combination of humor and song and dance so that's my hope i saw a recommendation on Twitter from somebody. I don't remember who it was, but I liked it a lot. They said they should open the show by singing Where Do You Belong from Mean Girls. Oh, oh my God, yes. Oh, please. <laughs> I love it. Or like a parody of that song about the nominees. That would make me so happy. That would be amazing. <laughs> so, who knows? Tony producers, if you're listening, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and get on it because you don't have much time. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know what? To bring it up one more time. What if he does a monologue from Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812? Actually, yeah, he's just going to do Dust and Ashes over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Half hours of that. I would be no really winners. here for it, actually. But in all seriousness, <laughs> uh, they should be good. And we don't really know what performances we'll see on the show. I would love if My Fair Lady performed uh, Get Me to the Church on Time, because that would just mm-hmm. have everyone buy tickets immediately. Yeah. But they might do something like I could have danced all night or something more traditional. I would love to see. I love whenever shows do, you know, medleys of a couple of different songs. Yes, me too. They have multiple acting nominees. Yeah. Because it always feels like a shame whenever you have so many nominees and then you only get to see one person perform. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for those of us like me who, you know, haven't been able to see the shows. Like I think Carousel might be the exception there. They might just do June is busting out all over and call it a day after that one. <laughs> They may, or they may do um, Mr. Snow, mm. because that's a big number. But I think they might want to show up that Justin Peck choreography. Yeah. Yeah. They may just do the opening. Mm. Mm. What do you guys think Mean Girls will do? Revenge Party? Because I've been absolutely stumped on it. I feel like they'll probably do Meet the Plastics. Because that's what I was thinking, maybe, is Meet the Plastics, because of the Taylor Louderman nomination. They have to have something with all the nominees in there. Yeah. It's the strangest thing because, like, that's her big number. Yeah. And it it's about her, not really her By song. By her. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> but, like, it does have everybody, and it's a big number, and shows off the cleverness of the score, too. That's true. We are going to be hearing more about that in the next coming weeks. Or actually, not coming weeks, coming days. The show's coming <laughs> yeah. shortly. Yes. So uh, next time we're talking, uh, we could dissect those performances and the winners. <laughs> so uh, anything else before we go? Or did we pretty much cover it all? We got everything, I think. I feel like that's... I feel like we've, we've said a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked for yeah, two hours, guys. <laughs> and, uh, 
a little under two hours here, believe it or not. So <laughs> I think we covered quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. <laughs> Thank you to anyone who has stuck with us throughout these two hours. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, you guys are the best. <laughs> yeah, we've gone longer than come from away. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, well, speaking of our listeners, thank you listeners for joining us on the Next Best Theater podcast. As promised, we will return after the Tony Awards to talk about the winners and what we thought of the show itself. But in the meantime, you can follow us on social media for our latest updates. Nicole, where can they find you online? I am at Nicole Ackman 16. And Dan? You can find me on Twitter at DanceAndDanOnFilm. And once again, I'm Michael Schwartz. You can find me on Twitter at MikeMovie. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, and CastBox. Also, please be sure to check out the Next Best Picture Patreon website, where you can purchase some really great bonus content. I know there's some really fascinating film commentaries already posted, with more coming soon, so stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the Tony Awards on June 10th, and we will see you all next time. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.